It was never a playoff. It was always an invitational, and that was proven by the sham. That is the college football playoff committee on Sunday. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports is where you find us covering the Big 12 Conference. We appreciate you being here and being a part of the show. So I was thinking about coming to you on Sunday with a special show, but I thought, you know what? I got to wait a little bit. On top of that, I had a disaster of a travel day on Sunday, courtesy of our friends at JetBlue. I'll get to that later in the show. But the college football playoff committee proved what we always thought it was, a sham operation that was going to do everything it could to make ESPN's favorite conference its most important partner in college football, the SEC, look good and make money. That's what it's been for 10 years, and it was confirmed with the way Florida State got absolutely screwed on Sunday during the playoff. Welcome in. So let's get to this. Florida State ends up in a spot where it wins the ACC. They beat a top 15 team in Louisville. They do it with a third-string quarterback. You know, ask TCU fans if they remember getting screwed out of a playoff with a third string by a third string quarterback. Oh yeah. It was a guy named Cardell Jones. He ended up leading Ohio State to a national championship in the first year of the playoff when TCU got absolutely squeezed going from number 3 in the rankings to number 6 the final week when all they did was blast Iowa State 55 to 3 that weekend. You know, to take you back to that time, we had just started Heartland College Sports that season. We've been doing this now for 10 seasons covering the Big 12 Conference. By the way, hit the thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Um, Subscribe to us if you're on the podcast. We appreciate you being here. It means the world to us that you have continued to allow us to grow this show and to grow this website at heartlandcollegesports.com. But we remember, we were covering this at Heartland College Sports. We were, I mean a fraction of what we are today. But I remember ranting at the time at how ESPN and the SEC and the powers that be, the Blue Bloods, the Big Ten, Ohio State, basically had this cabal set up to make sure they never lost. It was set up so they were too big to fail. And we saw that again this past Sunday. Florida State, I get it, was on a third-string quarterback. But Florida State has an incredible defense. Football is more than just your quarterback. Yes, you need a good one, but especially in college, if you got all the other pieces around you, you can get by and you can have a damn good team with a fairly competent one, right? You can do that. We see that happen every single year in this sport. But because Alabama's Alabama, and because they beat Georgia, and because the committee could not fathom leaving the SEC out of their made-up invitational, they had to put Alabama in. And it was undoubtedly a mistake. The SEC should not have made the college football playoff this year because it was a down year for the SEC. That's just the kind of year that it was. If you buy into the nonsense that, oh, oh, the SEC this year, it was next level. The SEC was 7-9 and nine against other Power 5 conferences this year. Did you, know, did, did you know that? Do you hear that anywhere? Is there anybody else in college football media 
that's going to sit there and tell you or remind you that the SEC was under 500 against Power 5 opponents? Oh, no? Uh, oh, really? They don't tell you that on ESPN? Geez, I wonder why. Fox Sports maybe, but not so much. They don't really do the deep dives in the college football like they should at Fox Sports, in my opinion. They got some really good personalities, but they don't hit the college sports like they should when it comes to the analysis of it. Oh, you didn't know that, that the SEC only went 7-9. and nine. Because we're always told when the SEC loses bowl games, it doesn't matter because the SEC teams don't care about bowl games because it's the almighty SEC. Oh, you got to wait for the regular season games. That's when the SEC actually cares. Oh, 7-9 and nine against Power 5 conferences this year. How about that? That's a little tidbit you probably didn't know, right? And then when you factor in how this played out, that Florida State undefeated, playing legitimate Power 5 opponents beyond their own conference, LSU and Florida, still gets hosed, still gets screwed. They had a couple of more Power 5 wins than did Alabama. And that's typically the case. Because the SEC only plays eight conference games, another one of the many shams of college football. The SEC plays eight conference games, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, what used to be the Pac-12, play nine. But the SEC only plays eight because, well, we're the SEC, you see? I mean, we're, it is such a treacherous slate in the SEC. We only have to play eight. And by the way, look at the non-conference games they oftentimes end up playing. It's a joke. Chattanooga, I mean, UT Martin, they roll out anybody and anybody who will take a big old paycheck to get blown out 72 to nothing, and that's how it goes in the SEC. And it's been that way for a very long time. But you know what? It keeps working for them. Why? Because the college football playoff committee is rigged, and it is rigged in favor of the SEC and the Blue Bloods, and it always has been. Just ask Gary Patterson back in 2014. I don't want to hear about the committee putting the four best teams in this thing. I don't care about the spreads. I don't care what Vegas would think. I've seen a lot of this over the last 24 hours. Well, Vegas thinks, and Vegas would put Georgia as a favorite over blah, blah, blah. So, therefore, Georgia should still be in this thing. I don't care. And guess what? If you're a college football fan, you shouldn't either. We just invested three and a half months of our lives on Saturday afternoons to this sport. We invested time away from family, away from fair friends, away from kids. We missed weddings. We did it all because we love this sport. And if it's going to be simply about what Las Vegas would think, then you know what? Why do we watch the games? Why do we play the games? Just skip right to the playoff. Let's just do it based on what Vegas thinks. By the way, Vegas had Oregon as a 10-point favorite over Washington in the Pac-12 championship. Washington won the game. So I get it. Vegas is usually right. That's how Vegas ends up making money. Vegas wasn't built on winners. It was built on losers. But I don't care. And no true college football fan should care one iota about anything regarding Las Vegas spreads when it comes to picking a college football playoff. So now you've got a situation where the committee has let the cat out of the bag. They have shown their true colors. They have proven to us 
what they really are, and by the way, what I thought they've been for the better part of 10 years. Protect the Blue Bloods, protect the brands, get them into this invitational, it's not a playoff, and then let the chips fall where they may. That's it. And you've seen this play out now for far too long, but this was the most egregious example yet. And for some of you saying, well, Florida State's a blue blood. Yeah, I get it. They are. But they're less blue blood than Alabama. So the committee basically said, we're going to find a reason to put Alabama into this thing because, well, we want to. That's it. I've wondered this as well because many people have brought this up, rightfully so. If you're going to play that game where Florida State was on its third string quarterback, therefore, you know, they couldn't make the playoff. Why are they still ranked ahead of Georgia then, right? I mean, shouldn't they really have fallen down to six, seven, or eight? Why do we stop outside the top four with this whole notion of, well, we do this based on who we think is the best team, who we believe is the toughest matchup for an opponent? Why does it end after number four and Florida State just gets plopped down at number five? Fair question to ask. And another question, not enough people are asking right now in the current climate. And that's how we end up with the situation that we find ourselves in. And it's a complete and utter joke. And it's just sad for the sport all around. I never thought I would miss the BCS. I, I, I really had no intentions of ever missing the BCS. But the way they set this thing up has been so flawed for a decade. And by the way, if you think it's going to get better next year when they go to 12 teams, it might get a little better at 12 teams. It might. Because the reality is there's usually five or six teams in the nation that can actually win a college football playoff and win a national championship. But it's still going to be screwed because teams that are at-large bids, we know where the heavy favoritism is going to be. We know it. And you know what else? We've been told for years By the College Football Playoff Committee. Oh, if you schedule those tough Power 5 games, you're going to be taken care of. Don't worry. We're going to take a close look at those. Florida State beat LSU. They got, in my opinion, the best player in the country, the likely Heisman winner at quarterback. What good did that do them? Huh? Oh, but that was when their quarterback was healthy. Oh, because it's all about the quarterback. And did you see the piece that ESPN uh, posted? Heather Dinich wrote this for ESPN. It was the biggest bunch of BS propaganda I've ever seen. So Heather Dinich for ESPN writes this big piece. And of course, ESPN is writing pieces defending the college football playoff committee. Of course they are. That's what they're in the business of. Booger McFarland was calling it like it was at the college football playoff uh, selection show. And he got, as I understand it, bounced off the air. Or at least he disappeared. We'll put it that way. I don't know if that's like the mafia. ESPN's kind of run like the mafia. But he basically disappeared from that set after a period of time. So this is what Heather Dennett wrote in ESPN on Monday about selecting Alabama over Florida State for the final spot in the college football playoff. It wasn't, quote, it wasn't until the ACC championship game began to unfold, though, that the members of the College Football Playoff Committee saw their opinions begin to truly take shape. The group grew concerned as it watched the Florida State Seminoles struggle to get a first down in the first half. There's a section in the committee's protocol that specifically refers to the unavailability of key players that may have affected the team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason performance. 
That allowed the committee to do something it intentionally avoids every other week. Look ahead. So let me get this straight. Florida State struggled to get a first down early in the game against Louisville in the ACC championship game. And that's, you're, you're reading that and you're hearing that right, folks. The committee was influenced in part because Florida State started off slow on offense in a top 15 matchup. By the way, you know who else started slow? Alabama had two three and outs to start the SEC championship. Did they struggle to get first downs early on? Yes. Did the committee look at Alabama's inability to get a first down its first two drives and say, we can't have this team in the college football playoff? Of course not, because it's Alabama. It's funny how the rules always change based on who you are. The rules have never been evenly applied in this invitational, not a playoff invitational, never evenly applied, and that was on full display on Sunday with this selection. It is absolutely crazy. Um, Just unbelievable to watch this unfold the way it has. Uh, Chris writes on Facebook Live, the committee has proven it's all about the new SEC and the Big Ten. That's exactly right. And uh, yeah, don't forget, as Snappy AJ points out, they put that nice cupcake game in the middle of the season, which is basically a bye week. They do do that right before the rivalry games, many of them. They put a little FCS game in mid-November to lighten the load. Another thing the SEC does that is a complete and utter sham that no one calls them out on. Now, speaking of this, by the way, can we, you know, as we look at the body of work, all this talk about how Alabama was down the stretch and how explosive they were down the stretch, uh, can we not forget the fact that Alabama needed a miracle 4th and 31 to beat Auburn. Auburn is a team who also gave Georgia a tough game. And Auburn's a team who got blasted by New Mexico State 31-10. to Is that worth mentioning or no? Because I heard a lot of talk this past week about how Oklahoma State was a joke of an opponent for Texas in the Big 12 championship because they lost to South Alabama. Really, they've beaten Kansas State. They've beaten Kansas. They've got some really good wins. They've beaten Oklahoma. But Oklahoma State's the weak opponent, not Auburn, who the committee was waxing poetic about Alabama's win over, despite the fact that Auburn got blown out by New Mexico State. Does that make a lot of sense to you? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but once again, it proves that when it comes to the SEC, there's a different set of rules. And that's been the case for a very long time. And we saw it play out with the committee on Sunday. DK asking why the horns down, uh, why I've still got the horns down on the uh, back wall on YouTube. Fair question. Fair question. You know what? I don't want to, do I do it mid-show? All right. Let's do it mid-show. I got home late from a trip. I had a wedding this past weekend. And I was all thrown off. So let me, right now, live on YouTube, I'm going to flip the horns downside, the horns up. I promised I would do this if they won the Big 12. So let's get this horns up sign going here. Let's do it. Here we go. How we, all right, hold on. Here we go. You like that? Horns up, baby. I promised you, Texas fans, if you guys won the Big 12, I'd flip the horns back up. The horns are up. 
You guys won the Big 12. Congratulations. Outstanding game. I talked about that in the Big 12 uh, championship game reaction show we did on Saturday night. So if you missed that show, go watch it uh, from this past weekend. It's good stuff all around. (laughs) I promised you guys I would do it. It's up. I'm a man of my word. That's exactly right. Appreciate you guys holding me accountable. And uh, it is flipped up for the rest of the year, the rest of the athletic year, which runs until July 1st, till Texas leaves for the SEC. So the horn sign is back up. Congratulations, UT. And by the way, you know, I'm going to pull for Texas in the college football playoff. I am. You know, I think it's good for the Big 12 if Texas wins it all. I know they're leaving, but, you know, they had some struggles this season in the Big 12. They didn't blow everybody out by three touchdowns. I mean, they had some great games, but still, you know, they they were played. They got a lot of really good games from some of these Big 12 teams. So I'll be pulling for them. Now, as for the Big 12, let me run through the slate here uh, for the college football play or for the uh, bowl games. My overall takeaway for the Big 12 bowl games a lot of duds. Like nothing, when I'm looking at these matchups, nothing is overly appealing to me outside of the obvious Texas-Washington college football uh, semifinal matchup. But Texas Tech is playing Cal in the Independence Bowl. Um, UCF has taken on Georgia Tech in the uh, Gasparilla Bowl. You've got Kansas-UNLV in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Eh, West Virginia, North Carolina, Duke's Mayo Bowl. Our guy Derek Duke, uh, very fired up about that. The Texas Bowl is A&M against Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, NC State at K-State for the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Uh, Alamo Bowl, Arizona OU. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's not playing. Memphis at Iowa State for the Liberty Bowl. Uh, and then you've got, of course, the college football playoff semifinal Monday, January 1st, Texas and Washington. Like, if I'm Iowa State fans, I'm like, really? We got to go back to Memphis for the Liberty Bowl and play a group of five team? I just, if I'm an Iowa State fan, I hope you guys make the trip. You always love to make those trips. But if you're kind of bummed out and thinking this is the year I'm going to skip out, I don't blame you one bit. I I don't. This is not an overly appealing matchup. We just saw it a few years ago. I think it was the team with Hakeem Butler that went down there and won that Liberty Bowl. I want to say that was 2017. Uh, for Iowa State. So it's kind of like, all right, whatever. We've been there. We've done that the last few years. And they get a group of five opponent. No offense, Memphis, but it's just not a very compelling game to get off your couch during the uh, Christmas break and go down to, especially when you just did it, many of you. Oklahoma, Arizona is intriguing. You've got a new or a future Big 12 school against a soon-to-be former Big 12 school. That'll be a fun game. Uh, But without Dylan Gabriel, and that's the thing, when it comes to a lot of these names hitting the transfer portal, you don't know who you're going to see. K-State, uh, NC State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. We know Will Howard won't be playing. Uh, you're going to see the start of the Avery Johnson era in Manhattan. That's reason enough to be intrigued by it, but I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's a top 25 matchup, but and, and yes, NC State finished third in the Pac-12, but I just don't get excited about NC State. Maybe that's wrong of me, but like they played two good teams all year and they got blown out by them. Notre Dame and Duke. I mean, they played Louisville and they lost by a field goal there, but I just, I, NC State's not doing it for me. Um, Oklahoma State AM normally would be compelling, but AM is such a mess of a program right now. 
that's not compelling. And I don't know if AM's going to be able to fill the team. The whole team's going to be in the transfer portal by the end of the week. West Virginia, North Carolina, that's actually one of the better matchups going into the Big 12 Bowl season. So there's things to like about that game. It's in Charlotte. Easy drive for both fan bases. That'll be fun. It's one of the better matchups now that you look at it. Kansas has this, you know, really good season. Um, they go eight and four, and they get UNLV. Like, I, really, I just, oh man. And I know, well, UNLV finished near the top of the Mountain West standings. I don't care. It's the Mountain West. It's not interesting. I want to see Power 5 matchups in these bowl games. UCF Georgia Tech, mildly entertaining. Um, you know, the, the pre-Christmas bowl games, it's kind of like the uh, the warm-up act. It's kind of like the opening act at a concert. I hate to break it to you guys, but that's what it is. And then Texas Tech taking on a Cal team that might have seven football fans in the entire uh, alumni base. Sorry, uh, there is just no juice to that one either. And um, Texas Tech, but I'll tell you what, Joey McGuire needs to win that game and he needs to steamroll uh, Cal to go into the offseason with a little momentum because this season was um, very underwhelming for Joey McGuire. There were big expectations and they came up way short, multiple times. So uh, let's go through some of your comments here on the show. Uh, Michael says, can't wait to see Ollie Gordon running all over the Aggies. It's going to be fun if and when that happens. Obviously, we'll all be pulling for it. I think um, every Big 12 fan is going to be rooting for Oklahoma State in that game. It's just A&M is such a disaster right now. Uh, it's it's not what this game could be when you see a ball matchup between Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. Unfortunately for Oklahoma State fans. I, I'd like to see AM be better, but I just can't look at this game and be all that compelled or all that into it right now. Any of these games for that matter. <laughs> Going through some of your comments here on the show. Um, uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Seth says, Florida State had 55 passing yards against Louisville. Just think how bad it would have been against Michigan. I understand that, Seth, but once again, 13-0, uh, and and the defense. Can we not forget about the defense? Yeah, Michigan would have been favored against um, Florida State, but don't forget Michigan was favored against TCU, and look what happened last year. You know, if you really look at Michigan's schedule, like, it's not that impressive. They played a joke of a non-conference. They played East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. They had really two good wins all year, Penn State and Ohio State. The rest of the Big Ten slate was comical for them. Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland, and then Iowa, of course, in the Big Ten championship game, 26-0. Like, the Big Ten is good at the top, but the bottom half of the Big Ten absolutely blows. And we don't talk enough about it. Now, we don't cover the Big Ten every week, but if we did, or if we looked afar, the bottom half of the Big Ten is just awful. Absolutely awful. Michigan played no one in the non-con, and they didn't play a team anywhere close to being ranked until Penn State on November 11th. I mean, their schedule was 9-0 and in a breeze. 
So I'm not convinced Michigan, frankly, is all they're hyped up to be. I'm just not buying it right now. So it's going to be very interesting to watch these next few weeks play out. I'm going to be um, ranking the bowl games to see, uh, just to give you that, uh, I'll do that middle of the week. That way you can have a little something to work with here. As we get you set for bowl season on Heartland College Sports, I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for joining us and being a part of the show. Make sure you're subscribed uh, to the show on YouTube, on the podcast. If you want the Heartland College Sports koozie before Christmas, leave a rating and review. Five stars. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, and we'll get you hooked up with that free Heartland College Sports koozie. Before I let you go, my little PSA, if you can avoid it, never fly jet blue. Two flights in nine days. I had multi-hour delays. On Black Friday, by myself, this past Sunday, with my family, it was miserable. I've got a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, and they delayed us for four hours. They got us on the plane. We sat on the tarmac for an hour. They said the audio server was down in the cockpit. They bring us back to the airport. We get off the plane. We go to a different gate, a different airplane, and here's the kicker. These SOBs rebooked everybody on another plane. They changed the seats. I bought four seats across for my family. And these SOBs, they know I've got a five and a two-year-old because I have to put in their birth dates. They put the five and the two-year-old and my wife and I all in different rows and different seats. And when I finally got on the plane and realized what they did, I almost became like the next viral guy you see on cable news going berserk on an airplane. I was almost that guy. I kept my cool, but I was almost that guy. Because who rebooks a flight and puts a two-year-old and a five-year-old in their own rows with their own seats? I, I, I almost blew a gasket. And then when I go and I flag down one of the staffers, you know, one of the uh, uh, attendants, what do they say to me? I said, I got a problem here. And here's my problem. They say, oh, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Woo, boy. That was almost the end of it for me. I might have not been doing shows for a week because I would have been in jail somewhere. I'm, I'm telling you. Not that it would have ever hit anybody. I just would have blown a gasket. They would have had to drag me off that plane screaming and kicking. But I kept my cool. I knew I had to be here for you guys. <laughs> Plus my family, too. They kind of needed me as well. But, oh, man, it was a horrible experience, and um, I will never fly JetBlue again. You know, when they came onto the scene 20-plus years ago, they were the hot new ticket. The TVs on the back of the seats, the whole thing, uh, they are a shell of what they used to be. They are the Range Rover of airlines. They're flashy. They look good. They're cool, but they literally can't function. They can't. It is crap. And uh, I will never fly them again. So there's my PSA. And uh, I hope you don't have any travel plans coming up on JetBlue. If you do, I'll be praying for you. That's all I got. And fair point here, doctor. All airlines suck now. It's the new normal. You're right about that. Uh, the entire industry is broken and a complete disaster. And a part of me wonders if some people are um, wanting that to happen on purpose. Some people in charge. But that is a show for another day. <laughs> Not here at Heartland College Sports, where we cover the Big 12, of course, uh, college football across the board. So we'll save that rant for another time.
<laughs> we appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Hit that subscribe button. We have crossed the 5,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. Thousands of you on the uh, podcast as well. Thank you. You guys subscribing to this show, that's my Christmas gift. That's all I need, man. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, take care here on Heartland College Sports, and go check out our free message boards on the website. See you later.